Well, if you're just joining us, I'm certainly glad you're here, but also if you were here last week, that I'm glad that you came back because last week was a little bit of a brutal kind of message. It was a lot different than what I typically talk about. I mean, just the title gave it all away, right? When we look at this God in a nutshell, what I started with last week was I started with this right here. I started with prostitutes, prophets, and God. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, it, and it was an oh my kind of talk. But, but as we started looking at this and looking at this big idea of God in a nutshell, the, the one thing that, that we could all kind of relate to is that there's, there's times that, that we just think about God that, that, that we just wish that he was different. That, that what we do, and, and, and maybe we don't take it as far as that we want to change God, but some of us do. And, and some of us do, we, we go, I, I just wish that I, I could change God. And then some of those things that we looked at that we said, hey, what, what is it that we might be tempted to want to change about God. We might want to change about God and be tempted to change this, that, that, that we would make him visibly seen, that, that he would be a God that, that we could get our eyes on and go, okay, I just need to see that. I just need to know you're real. Okay, I, I'm, I'm good, God. Thank you. It could be that we would change it. And we'd go, God, I, I just want you to be audibly heard. God, I, I do. I, I want to pray to you. I, I want to know what you want. And so I, I, I want to make sure I'm going the right way. Should I or shouldn't I? And, and God, I, I just want you to be, to be audibly heard. Some of the things that we might be tempted to change about God is we'd say, hey, God, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like the idea of anybody actually having to go to hell. I mean, I've, I've heard some, some people, and especially in those Westerns, you know, they, they say that all the time. Go to hell, you know? And it's like, no, 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 we, we, we don't want anybody. God, God. And so, so we'd just like you to change that so that nobody, 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 nobody would ever have to go to hell. We might be tempted to change about God that, that we'd go, you know, God, we don't want anybody to have to live in, in poverty to, to where they're, they're dying because they just can't afford to have nutrition come in. They can't afford just this basic medical care. And so God, we, we just want to change we want to change that. God, we, we, we just want to change and, and change it where there would be world peace and, and world peace would be just, just everywhere. See, these are some of the things that, that we would be tempted, that we'd like to change about God. But see, God is, God is perfect. And we're imperfect. And, and all of the thoughts that we might have about things that, that we think, hey, we'd just like to change this about God, we could never improve God. We, we, we just can't. We, we can't improve him. And so as we, we looked at this idea, we looked in the Old Testament, and we looked at this idea of, of prostitutes, prophets, and God, oh my. We looked and we saw that, that here's God, and, and it's during this Old Testament time, and if you don't know much about that, that that during this Old Testament, there's an Old Testament, there's a New Testament. Testament means promise, this old promise, this, this old way. And God promised if you just live by the law, if you just follow all these 600 plus rules, all these laws, and then if you, if you would follow that, then, then you could get to heaven. That was the Old Testament. And it was during this time that, that we could see that, that his chosen nation, this nation that, that he kind of wrapped his wings around and said that you're my protected people. And he blessed them tremendously, but yet they kept turning away from God. So God took one of his prophets, Hosea, and he said, it's, it's time for you to, to start being a voice to the people for me. And he's like, oh, okay, good God, it's my turn, yes, yes. I, I want you to go and marry. Oh, 
cool, I get to be married, and then I get to be before the people. I want you to go and marry, and we all found out, marry a what? Go and marry a prostitute. It's like, uh, okay, God, maybe I am a prophet. Maybe I do get to hear you audibly, but I didn't like that. I didn't like what you said. I, I don't know if you heard him. I just know we heard him clearly. Go and marry a prostitute. And then, then we, we would think, okay, that's going to be some redeeming thing, and you're going to redeem her, and you're going to show her, and all the people that look to you as a prophet, they're going to see, wow, look, you know, that she has a heart for God. And look, the prophet, oh, it's changed her life. Oh, this is amazing. But God said, go and, and marry a prostitute so that she will conceive children in prostitution while she's your wife. And it's like, whoa, that, that doesn't make sense. But why did God do this? It's what we tried to, to look at, tried to understand, that, that God did this because he wanted to show the nation of Israel that what you are doing is that you are prostituting yourself with other gods. That's what you're doing. And Hosea, as God led him, he said, you, you need to go and, and get your wife back. She'd already had three kids, and they weren't his, but yet he raised them like they were his. She didn't have those kids until they were married, but then she had the kids. And God says, I, I want you to go and buy her back. It wasn't just, I'm, I'm going to go and get you, and I'm going to bring you. you know, he had to go and, and buy. He had to purchase her. She was already his wife, and he had to purchase her and bring her back. And she finally was able to see that he had a love for her, that, she, that, she, that he, Hosea, had a love for her. Her name was Gomer, even though she had done all the things that she had done and how unfaithful she had been. And God used this to show the nation of Israel his incredible love for them. And it was really a, a foreshadowing of what was going to happen, that, that what God was going to do. And so as we get into today's talk, and we're going to wrap up this God in a nutshell, that we're going to look at this, that we're going to look at this big idea of sinners, salvation, and God. Oh, yeah. We, we were at an oh, my last week, but it is an oh, yeah this week. And it's the same God. It's the same unchanging God that we're going to look and that we're going to see as we unpack this. Now, you might not normally be a note taker. And that's fine. I'm cool with that. However, I'm going to tell you that, that today you actually might regret not taking notes. I don't say that all the time. I don't, I don't get your notes out. Let's take some notes. But you might regret not taking notes today. That, that today, no matter where you're at, if, if, if you're like, yeah, I'm just not sure what I even believe about God. Whether you're like, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm just kind of a babe. I'm just starting to understand it. Whether you're a veteran, a seasoned veteran, you've been a Christ follower for a long time, I, I really think that this is going to be one of those talks that you're going to go, I, I just wish I, I had captured some of that, that I have something I can go back and look to. I, I, I think that, that one of the number one excuses that, that Christians have for not talking about their faith, talking about Jesus with others, is because they go, you know, I, 
I just really don't know where to begin. I, I, I'm really not sure that, 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 that I can express it and say it well enough, and I, I can cover what I need to cover. And so whether you're somebody that you're just kind of like Christ curious, and you're just kind of here right now going, I, I, I just don't know, or you're somebody that's going, I, I, I love Jesus, I love God, I just don't really talk about because I just don't know how, that, that I really think that this is going to be a, a, a really instrumental time in trying to understand God in a nutshell, of us trying to understand who he is and understanding God in a nutshell. So I'm going to share with you four key things that's going to help us understand God in a nutshell. And I think that these key things, along with the scripture references, is what I really want to encourage you to take note of. So that you can go back and you can look at this. Now, now trying to understand God, it's like reaching the end of the internet. <laughs> Except everything about God is true and everything about God is good. But it is vast. And, 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 and there's a whole lot more to God than there would be to the internet. So there's a lot. So we're going to look at this, understanding God in a nutshell. So this first one is God's standard. It's God's standard. If we're going to understand him in, in this nutshell, we've got to, we're going to start with understanding that God has a standard, God's standard. So we're going to spend a lot of time in a few different passages in Romans today, and, and then we're going to spend time just one other place. But, but let's look at this. In Romans chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. In other words, let me put it this way. There's some people that we just kind of look at in life and we go, you know, you're good people. We say that about it. You know, in fact, some of us, we want to live our lives in such a way that that's what they're going to say about us. Okay? Good people. However, when we look at this and we understand this passage, that nobody can do, be right with God by doing what the law commands. The law just simply, what's it do? It shows us how sinful that we are. In other words, the, the rule followers, and we've got a few in here, right? Rule followers are still bad people. They're just bad less often. Right? But there's no rule follower that follows every rule all the time. And so when we understand rule followers, they're just less bad, and they're bad less often. And less bad, and bad less often it still equals bad. And what does the law do? The law simply shows us, it reveals to us how sinful, how bad we are. Verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. It's kind of like, well, what? okay, I'm interested, right? What? I, I don't have to behave and I can be right. Yeah, that's great as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. This, this was breakthrough news. That, 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 that God is showing us a way, and he has shown us a way, that we can be made right with him without having to keep the requirements of, 
of the law. And it's good news for people who are frequently bad, and it's good news for people who are infrequently bad. It's good news. Verse 22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. In, in, in other words, belief, not behavior. What is it that allows us to be right with God? It's belief, not behavior, that allows us to be right with him. See, behavior never leads to belief. In fact, it's, it's, it's one of the, the mistakes that I think as parents we're tempted to make over and over and over again is we focus on getting our kids to behave instead of focusing on the root of what we really think that they need to believe. And if we could get them to believe, the behavior would follow. But, but when we focus on behavior, belief doesn't always follow. And so, so we, we, we want to get this right and get this order right. And, and we're made right with God by, by placing our faith, by having this belief in Jesus. Verse 23, 22, I'm sorry, 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. No matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. It is true for everyone that, that we are made right with God by placing our belief, our faith in Jesus. In verse 23, for everyone has sinned. Now there is one exception, and that's Jesus, that he never sinned. But outside of Jesus, everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious, and there's that word, standard. That we all fall short of God's glorious standard. You know what his glorious standard is? It's perfection, and we're going to get to that. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. That God in his he freely does this. He makes us right in, in his sight. And we go, well, how? How does God do this? He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. That there is a penalty. We're going to get to that in a moment as well. As well. And, and, and I don't know if you realize, but that penalty, it is severe. Verse 25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. And the people are made right with God when they, and here's that word believe, not behave, when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his life blood. That, that he gave his life, he gave it freely, gave it willingly. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and he did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. Now that's Paul and what's he doing? He's addressing, hey, well, what about all the people that, that, that died before Jesus ever came to the earth and before Jesus was, hey, he got, got held back what he was doing in regard to them. 
because of what Jesus would do with his sacrifice. That he would be a sacrifice for all people for all time. Past, present, and future sins when he made that sacrifice. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? Do, do we get to brag and go, hey, look what I've done, look, God accepted me. Do we get to do this? No. That Christianity, unlike all other religions, it doesn't allow good deeds to earn our way to heaven. But what ends up happening way too many times is that we keep trying to take this eclectic approach to Christianity. And we start looking and seeing, what are the other religions doing? And every other religion, it requires behavior to get you to heaven. There's no, every other religion, you have to behave your way into God's presence. But with Christianity, you can't. You cannot behave your way into heaven. So what, what, what do we, how, how do we get? We believe our way in. We don't behave our way in. We believe our way in. We believe what God has done for us through Christ. In Christianity, good deeds, it doesn't make us right with God. Does that mean that we shouldn't do anything good? No, 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 no. That you know what our good deeds should be? They should be an expression of our gratitude. God, we're so grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. We want to live a good life. We want to live it good for you. That it's because of what we believe about how you have come to rescue us, how you are saving us from the penalty of our... Because you're doing this, it's our gratitude that we want to behave. And that we want to trust and we want to follow what you have laid out of what is best. Can we boast? No, we can't boast about it. No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. That we get to be acquitted. Are we acquitted because we're innocent? No. We're acquitted because of grace. God's standard. So what is it? We, we, we already found it in these pages. It, but God's standard is perfection. That, that, that's that law, living up to the law and living according. And, and, try, and, and in the Old Testament, everybody was trying hard to what? To behave their way into the heaven. It's what they were trying to do. But, but we can't behave our way into heaven. Verse 28. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Does that mean we shouldn't obey the law? No, that doesn't mean that. But we don't get to be made right by obeying it because we will fall short. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. And if you're not familiar with, with what that's saying, that, that there's Jews and Gentiles, that, that pretty much is everybody. If you weren't a Jew, you were considered a Gentile. And, and so he, he's the God for Everyone, not just the Jews, but the Gentiles. Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that, 
that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. It's only when we have faith in God and what he's done for us that we're going, okay, well, then I want to follow everything else that you've said, that we would begin to do this. Understanding God in a nutshell. We have God's standard perfection. Second thing, understanding God in a nutshell is God's sentencing. He has a standard and it's perfection. Yet you and I and everybody else, we are not capable of measuring up to God's standard perfection. And since we cannot be perfect, there is a sentencing that God has. And so we're going to look at this idea. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. Now one of the ways that I've illustrated this more times than I can even remember. I did a lot more often several years ago when we lived in an economy where you frequently carried a checkbook. But if you just take a check and, and, and you begin to write it out, and, 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 and I would do this with people just trying to, to share with them the, the hope of Christ. I could be having a conversation with somebody across the table, and I would just pull out my checkbook and say, hey, let, let, me, let me write a check to you. And I'd put their name in, and they're like, why are you writing, why are you writing me a check? I was, well, I'm, I'm going to write a check, but I, I just want you to imagine this is, this is what God's doing, okay? And so don't think of this as a check from me. Think of it as a check from God. That, oh, well, God probably has a whole lot more stuff than you do, so that's good, you know? And so I would. I'd, I'd write their name on it. And I'd say, you know, no, no, what's, what's the check for? Well, it's because you've been earning something. I've been earning? Well, yeah. Well, why, why have I been? Because your behavior. You, you've earned something. Oh, you've noticed. Well, I haven't noticed. But God has. And so I, I just want you to see the, the check that, that you're going to get because you, you've earned this with your behavior. And, and, and so then in that, that little line that, that says where you're supposed to handwrite out what that is, I, I write death and no 100s. And then that little box where you normally just put the, 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 num the numbers numerically, you put them in, I would just draw a little coffin in there. It's already a box. It was kind of already partway made, you know, so I'd just, just fill it in and just, just put a coffin there. And, and then for the signature, I just signed the name of Jesus, and I was like, I'm not really Jesus, but I'm going to do this anyways. And, and, and I, I tear it out, and, and, I, and I show it to him, and I say, uh, you know, um, this probably isn't a check you want to cash, but, but don't, don't worry about it. This is just a formality because it's a direct deposit. I, 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 don't, I don't want that directly deposit. I, 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 don't, I don't want to get this. Can't we just void it? Can't we just write void? I said, well, there, there is a way to void it. But regular ink can't do it. It has to be red. And it can't just be ink, it has to be blood. And it's only when Jesus' blood voids this 
can you avoid this sentencing? Because see, the wages of sin is that we all sin. We're earning something with our sin. We're earning with our behavior. What are we earning? We are earning death, death and, and no 100s. God's sentencing, it's, it's death. And sin, it, it separates us from God. And unforgiven sin separates us for all eternity. Let me say that again. Unforgiven sin separates us from God for all of eternity. And I want you to have this clarification. There is a difference between unconfessed sin and unforgiven sin. There's a difference. That the moment that we confess our need for Jesus, the moment that we say, Jesus, I believe in you, all of our sin is forgiven. And, and, and we might behave and do something bad again with our lives, and that sin is going to be forgiven, whether we confess it or not. Well, pastor's teaching we shouldn't confess our sins. I'm not teaching that. We do need to be confessing our sins. It, it's only when we confess our sins that we're willing to turn from those sins and stop behaving that way. That we do need to confess. When we confess our sins, it reminds us of what Jesus has already done for us. It's unforgiven sin that separates us from God for all of eternity. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The free gift is free to us. But it costs God dearly. It, it, it's, it's free to us. But it cost God dearly. That someone had to pay the price for sin. Because the wages of sin is death. And it's why from the beginning, in our Old Testament, that we would have to sacrifice something living in order to pay for our sins to make us have a right standing with God again. So understanding God in a nutshell, God's standard is perfection. God's sentencing is death. God's sacrifice, this third piece of understanding him in a nutshell, is God's sacrifice. So again, in Romans, we'll now back up to verse five, chapter 5, starting in verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. That when we were helpless, that, that there was nothing we could do. There's no way that we could behave our way in. There's all the law, here's the rules, and we just keep deviating from. It came at just the right time. So that it wouldn't be our behavior, but instead it would be our belief. That would determine whether or not we would get to spend eternity with God, our Creator. Verse 7. 
Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, that good person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. We're just not willing to just kind of throw our lives around and say, hey, I'll take this one. That's just not who we are. Verse 8, but God showed his great love. You you can't miss this. He showed his his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. To die for us while we were still sinners. See, this is how much God loves us. That, that, that God doesn't go, I'm just going to kind of look and wait and see. When, you know what? When, when they start behaving, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. Then I'm going to come in and I'm uh, While we were still sinners is when God chose to do this. Not because we had tried to clean up our act. And God's sacrifice his son. That when there is sin, there, there, there has to be a sacrifice. There, there has to be life because there's only, it's the only way that, that sin can be paid for, that we could be made right with God again. You know, to send your family into harm's way with no option but to die for you. It's what God did. It, it's the greatest evidence that you are loved by God. You might have come in here today and, and you might feel like nobody loves you. You might have come in here today thinking, you know, God, God doesn't even love you. God doesn't even care about me. God cared about you so much that, that even when your behavior didn't justify him doing something for you, he loved you so much. That he sent a family member, his son, to die in your place. To die for you. The evidence of how much God loves you is unmistakable. It's unmistakable. I've heard it said this way before. that, 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 That when the question's asked, God, how much do you love me? That he sent his son to answer it for us. And his son came and said, I I love you this much. And he stretched out his arms and gave his life for us. I love you this much. The evidence is unmistakable. Understanding God in a nutshell. We have God's standard, it's perfection. God's sentencing, it's death. God's sacrifice, it's his son. And the last one, to understand him and wrap it all up in this nutshell thought, is God's salvation. Being saved from something. And that's something that we're saved from is the penalty of our sin, that death and no 100s. 
Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 9. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe, here's that word again, it's not behave, it's believe, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. What are we saved from? You'll be saved from the penalty of your sin. What's the penalty of my sin? It is death. What kind of death? Not just the death where you die in this body. The death where your soul is separated from God for all of eternity in a very real place called hell. If you openly declare, you say it, you openly declare, I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed. I openly declare. And what? And believe. It's, it's this combo. It's this one-two thing that we've got to do that, that we declare it and we believe it. For it is by believing, not behaving, it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That faith, that trust, that openly declaring, I trust you. And as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That in the light of eternity, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Verse 12, Jews and Gentiles are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not, well, and, and, and most who call on the name of the Lord will be, some, it's everyone. Everyone who believes enough to call on the name of the Lord, to, to declare with their mouth, believe in their heart, everyone who does this will be saved. God's salvation by grace through faith. It's by grace. We, we, we don't deserve it. Very gracious of God to do this for us. It's by grace through faith. What's that faith? That we would believe that God's salvation is by grace through faith. Titus, our last passage. Titus chapter 3. We'll start in verse 4. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. When he revealed his kindness and his love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done. Not because of our behavior. But because of his mercy. Our belief, his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life through the Holy Spirit. That he deposited into us when we make this decision to believe, if you've not made the decision, but you'll make, then, then you're going to get the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It'll no longer be that, that there's a Spirit of God that, that's trying to help you understand from the outside, but you invite Him in and He comes and lives on the inside. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That Jesus had to go away Give his life and go away so that he could tag team with the Holy Spirit who would then come and come and live inside and dwell, stay and dwell. Verse 7, last verse. Because of his grace, 
he made us right. Not because of our behavior. Because of his grace, he made us right. And in his, in his sight, and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And let me just speak to those of you in the room right now that you're thinking, you know what, I, 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 I prayed that prayer and I asked Jesus, God, and, and I'm not confident I'm going to get there. I, I struggle with, with really being confident that I'm going to end up in heaven. Let me tell you why you struggle and why you're not confident. Because you've pulled in from other religions this behavior piece. And you know no matter how good you are, you're still bad. And thank God it's not our behavior, but it is our belief that determines whether God accepts us and invites us and welcomes us into his family and those in his family get welcomed into heaven. It's belief, not behavior. And it's your belief, not your behavior, of where you should have confidence. Don't put your confidence in your behavior. The confidence is in your belief. And then because of your belief, let the behavior follow. But we don't behave to believe. We do believe and then... It starts changing some of our behavior. That our desire to change God, it comes from our lack of understanding him. And if we really could understand him, we would never want to change who he is and what he offers us. As our understanding of God grows, our desire to change him diminishes. Because we begin to understand more and more just how good and perfect our Heavenly Father is. And as we grow in that, we'll stop criticizing God. And as we grow, that, that as we question God, we'll even find satisfying answers to those questions. And with our limited understanding that we can find in the Bible. What this does is we can have a desire to cherish God. With our limited understanding that, that we have and we find in the Bible, that, that we can have a desire to, to cling to God, to stay close to Him, to, to connect with God. And to celebrate what God has done for us. Can you bow your heads? I want to ask this morning. Is what we talked about today. This whole idea of belief. That when we look and see that God has a standard and it's perfection. A standard that you can't live up to this this sentencing that God has death and you know I, I I don't want that I when we look and see God sacrifice his son and you begin to understand and you can connect the dots of what your heavenly father who loves you dearly what he has done 
for you, how he has intervened for you. And you get to see God's salvation. It's by grace through faith. If you're somebody that you've never put your faith, your belief as being this thing that you would trust and accept what God has done for you. But today you recognize that's what it takes. That's where you start. If you're somebody that that you want to make that radical decision to trust him and to begin that relationship that's going to save you from the penalty of your sin, would you just let me know and just raise your hand just quickly and make eye contact with me? And that's just you letting me know. Is there anybody here that you go, that's me? That this is what I need. And today, this is my choice. Today, I choose to believe. Is there anybody in the room? I see you. I see you. And I see you. Is there anybody else? I'm going to say a prayer. And this prayer that I'm going to say, I'm just going to ask that you would repeat that silently in your heart to your Heavenly Father. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for not basing my acceptance on my behavior. I admit to you that my behavior doesn't always honor you. It doesn't always love others. But I know that you have offered to me the sacrifice of your son Jesus. And there is no greater expression of love than for you to give your own son. And today, I put my belief in you, Jesus, believing that you sacrificed yourself to pay for my sins, to give me a right standing with my heavenly Father. And so I put my faith, my hope, my trust in you, Jesus. And I can't thank you enough for what you have done for me. But today, I give you all of me as I seek to understand more and more of you. Jesus, thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.